Back Talk is an extension of the long-running, award-winning movie review show, It's Movie Time, which airs Fridays at 4.01 and 8.01 p.m. on WCBE 90.5 FM, Columbus, Ohio. Hosted by John DeSando, this podcast version features additional content and banter with guests. I'm John DeSando. I'm Wayne Miller. And this is Back Talk. Silent night. (laughs) Holy night. <laughs> Shepherds quake. Holy poop is more like it. I meant deep and they John. Yeah. And somebody's expecting a nice uh, little Christmas It's movie. our gift to them. Oh, boy. And I tell you, and there's been mixed reviews about it. Uh, John Woo, excellent He's action director. Hong of Kong auteur. Oh, my goodness, including Mission Impossible 2. Yes, right. Plus others that he does such a... Uh, uh, he is uh, an auteur, but also the maestro of mayhem. Uh, as far. All right, so what's the name of this thing? Oh, uh, well, Silent Night. Can yeah. they get it from your uh, off-key Yeah, well, singing? sometimes they don't. Okay. <laughs> sometimes we put them to sleep almost immediately. <laughs> oh, but, John, I tell you... I like this movie, and thank goodness if we were the only two in this <laughs> little theater to see it. Yeah. And we, would, as usual, we were our immature elderly selves and just whooped and hollered through the thing. And per usual, nobody's even heard of the movie. So we're now bringing, we're yeah. now bringing the word. It's a mayhem vengeance, yes. most of all, flick. And how many have we done this year alone? Oh, yeah. I've got a list that we'll talk about at our podcast. I know. And just go over it. I must be 20 titles, just oh, ones that I think I've seen. I know. And, and you wrote an excellent review for uh, WCBE about this. And this Thank is you. one thing that, because, you know, and you talked about particularly ones that we uh, have uh, seen and reviewed recently, you know, like The Killer. And the Equalizer 3. Yeah, and I think the killer's a good call because one of the characteristics of this new woo is the lack of dialogue. Mm. Thinking the killer the same deal? I think so. A lot, uh, Not a lot of um, dialogue. And also, I thought there couldn't be a fight scene in that could beat the one in the killer. You know, in the dark in the oh, yes. guy's apartment. Yes. But I tell you, this one, Silent Night has just not one, but two knockdown, drag-out fist fights. You could hear every bone crunching. And what I like about it is it's the first encounter that our protagonist, after having spent seven months beefing himself up yep. and training off of YouTube yes. uh, yep. about yep. How, to, how to fight. How to fight. And, and the I first one every- he gets in contact with gives him a real hard run. Oh, I know. There is a choreography in all this. Uh, not only are the fistfight scenes like that, but also, good grief, it's like a chorus line of killing. You know, oh, yeah, people that's getting good. shot. But, John, I do want to say one thing. About this, since you had mentioned about him beefing himself up to wreak uh, mayhem on the gang members that uh, slew his son. And what it really made me think of is not so much some of the, uh, like John Wick and The Killer and The Equalizer and the ones like that. Two things that it reminded me of. One was Charles Bronson in the original. Uh, don't you think Death Wish, it was really the seedbed for all of this? Oh, definitely. Somebody who is basically nonviolent. Not a professional like we have in The Killer or The Equalizer or John Wick. You know, those guys are professional killers. This guy, though, wasn't. 
And he was so enraged, you know, because of what had happened to his son. And conveniently shot in the throat by one of the yep. bad boys. Yep. So he couldn't talk. Yeah, he couldn't film. talk. And most of what we, the exposition that we get in this movie, we get through articles, news reports. Text messages. Text, a letter at the end, you know. We really find out more things like that. And to me, that's what really made the movie. What didn't make the movie for me, though, that kind of like I felt dragged a little bit and reminded me of all the darn Rocky movies as Rocky goes into a regimen of... of, Yeah, it's the uh, training sequences. You are so right. That just We get it. We get it, right? Yeah, we get it. And I I really like Joel Kinnaman. And I remember him, and I hope to see him more again. He's the dad. I I hope to see him again in sequels to Suicide Squad. I just want to remind our audience that as we are recording, there's an article in the New York Times and its arts section in the front page behind the words, A Silent Language. Oh. And that's the new John Fossey, who was the new Nobel Prize winner. And that's what they're talking about, how much there is beyond just the words. Yes. And and that's what I was hoping we might be able to identify, though I think it's almost impossible to identify, except that in the case of Kinnaman, I agree with you, because he's required now to emote, not talk. Exactly. And I guess that would be the true sign. And in some ways kind of reminds me, and I really liked it quite a bit, uh, years back, the Academy Award winning movie, uh, the French film, The Artist. Uh, Yes. And that was, quote, silent. Lacking it was not that noticeable for me because I could keep up with the plot fairly well. And, of course, there is few words here and there that usually swear. I think some have estimated about 10 words. Mostly yeah. in there. You've already mentioned what I think to be the real characteristic of this is the choreography. Yes. And Wu is, we mentioned John Fossey here yeah. in this article. Bob Fossey would remind you of how much can be said in dance. Yes, yes, you're right. Power of the ballet. The, the closest competitor would have to be John Wick. Yeah, but also more recently the killer too. You know, that that... Uh, yes, but I'm talking about uh, that choreography of violence. Yes. Oh, my God. Especially the big shootout at the end. We were amazed, <laughs> and amazed by not only how proficient Kenneman's character was in dispatching these people with a shotgun, an ally comes a, a, along to help him out. And uh, one of the reviews I read about this, they didn't really care for, and they thought that she was just... Her, her role was so underwritten that they could have left her out, and that was Kinnaman's wife in the movie. I think she really We both found her alluring, yeah. Yes, uh, the heart to the movie. And we thought, oh, is it going to be kind of like the last Rambo movie that we saw, that he rescues these drug-addicted young ladies taken into prostitution? But, But boy, that was the best surprise of the whole movie. This one young lady that with glee in her eye you know, yeah. <laughs> starts wielding a machine right. gun. If, if you were looking for equality, that these are mostly male-centered, Wu takes it to a new level Yes, with a young woman who is gleefully a part of the bad oh, boys. And the, she was also part of, I thought, a very interesting scene of the big bad guy, the heavily tattooed gang leader, and their little dance scene. They're dancing yes. around yeah. in this really surrealistic 
apartment. Yeah, and he has pumped her up with drugs. Yes, you know, you, of course, you know, some telltale signs of a close-up of her and, and injected ridden arm. In a way that allows Wu to satisfy the people who are appalled that a woman should even be doing the mayhem that she is yeah. and joining with them. So, in other words, Wu is saying she's not really responsible. Right, yeah, yeah. But it is a right. hoot to see oh, the delight oh, with yeah, which she, she dispatches just, oh, the bad just, uh, She just gleeful. You know, talk about Christmas being a gleeful season, you know. <laughs> but the, back to the whole thing about the whole Christmas uh, theme, because the action starts out, I think it was Christmas Eve, for nearly a full year as he writes on his calendar, Kill them all, right? You know, on Christmas, yeah, Eve. which reminded me of Heart of Darkness and Joseph Conrad, exterminate the brutes. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, okay, uh, so uh, very much the same kind of thing, yeah, which is, it a, is. Yeah. a whole level of malevolence, right? That goes beyond even any warfare that we know, right? And interesting that Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, yes, you know, based on Heart of Darkness, that the big heavy is. Heavily tattooed, uh, but bald. Oh, yeah. It, but a great villain. Feel-good Christmas movie, but it is heart-tugging. At the beginning and then at the end. Uh, so I, I, I recommend it. For adults. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. Oh, don't, uh, don't, take, don't take the kids. They'll be traumatized as Santa's going to come down the chimney with an Uzi. We have a vengeful film here. Yes. John Woo's yep. Silent Night. It is not a Christmas story. Nope. It is not a manger scene. Nope. <laughs> it, it, it is. If there were animals in the manger scene, then they would have been shot and slaughtered. <laughs> it's manger mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge yes. films. Yep. I'm, I, go ahead. I'm anxious to hear your list. That I think is just as badass as any you could ever have would be Cape Fear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, interesting choice. That would not have come to, uh, to my mind. And, of course, there's two versions. Yeah, but, but yeah. either one, either both one. Mitchum or, and uh, De Niro. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah are menacing. Both uh, good bad guys. Yes, yes. And one that you and I have agreed on is just a killer, so to speak. Yeah. Straw Dogs. It's oh, 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 oh. The, uh, the mild, meek-mannered uh, Dustin Hoffman, you will certainly not get there, but you will get the fetching Susan George. Yeah. And you have several Eastwood that really are hallmarked by revenge. Yeah. Thinking about the outlaw Josie Wales. Exactly. Hellrider. Best one of them all. Yeah. Would have to be Unforgiven. Unforgiven's good. Yeah, that's a class. Uh, but I would also put in there High Plains Drifter. Good one. Talking about stylized, one that surely ranks up there at the top with our John Woo would yep. have to be Kill Bill. Uh, <laughs> yes, Uma. Great job. And some good turns from some other people, including the late David Carradine. Mm-hmm. A, a Quentin Tarantino style. Yeah. And, and one... That is all about revenge, yep. but mostly overshadowed by great performances in Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Now, we're yeah. talking real revenge here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the Jewish soul, American soldiers going after Hitler. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Brad Pitt. And, interesting enough, a British spy that was infiltrated the, the Nazis, the Gestapo, Michael Fassbender. Somebody who's getting to be the daddy of all revenge, and that isn't... From Death Wish. Yes. This yep. is William Neeson. Oh, yeah. 
Definitely. Isn't his, his, his recent take, stuff mostly uh, uh, kind of, Yeah, uh, like especially Taken when the human traffickers uh, kidnaps his daughter and everything. But then the other one, the one he was a snowplow operator. Cold Pursuit. Yes, that was a good one. Unfortunately, though, and he, uh, since you did bring up Death Wish, I'm going to jump yes. in here a second because no, yeah. that was one of the first ones that came to mind. And one of probably the older ones because it's a good 50 years old. In the early 70s, I believe, in Bronson, who played, because he was an ex-soldier, but he was a conscientious objector. And as his wife is murdered and his daughter raped, you know, and he goes after revenge. Which one is this, though? Uh, the very first one. The sequels, the Bronson sequels to Death Wish, just kind of kept going downhill. There's some other tough ones, ones that you might not think about. Memento. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's actually about tattoo. revenge. Yeah, uh, Guy Pierce losing his memory every uh-huh. time and okay. having to rebuild it again. That that's more of a brainy revenge type of film. Yeah, since uh, each scene works backwards. Right. The, right. It wasn't filmed backwards, but the original scenes and it takes us into his mindset in that movie of not having a memory of what came before. Yeah, let's let's explore in a meta way. What is the attraction? of these revenge films. We've got probably dozens here that yeah. we could talk about. Yeah. That's a pretty consistent genre. It is. And, John, I think the reason why is that it really plays on individuals' mindset of what would you do in a situation. Somebody killed a loved one of yours, what would you do? And, of course, I'm a huge fan of these true crime dateline and all these other things. The one thing when they interview the survivors, the loved ones of, of a murder, hard to forgive and for, definitely to forget. It really plays on a kind of a deep-seated human trait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think perhaps another level of thinking on this is that in the world such as we live in, it's impossible to see who is going to win and who is going to lose, uh, whether justice is going to be. How do you assess the Mideast, how do you, how do you possibly, yeah. Israelis, oh. Palestinians, yes. how do you make judgments in the end? How does justice prevail yeah. when there's argument on both sides? Yeah. So this is, in the case of these revenge films, it's cathartic for us. Yes. We sit there and we know the bad guys are yes. going to get it, and so we know that justice is going to be out, even though it's outside yeah. of the norm, but... But that's, that's, I think it has an appeal. Yeah. You know, I think uh, you use the great term there, catharsis. Yes. Because sometimes it doesn't bring total closure, but at least kind of cleanses the soul a little bit, you know, or at least you did something. A lot of times people feel like they're not empowered. And this is one way of uh, empowering. And you notice how Wu stacks the deck against our bad boys, getting the tattoos all over their head. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we oh, know we know exactly who the bad boys are, and of oh, course they're, definitely. They're, oh, they're not yeah. politically correct. No, they're mm-hmm. not. There's uh, nothing suave about them at all. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they're uh, they're definite. A presidential candidate would probably call them vermin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne Miller, the film is Silent Night, and it's already a long list. Even if we go back to Equalizer killer recently yep. within the last year or two yeah we've had enough of them to keep us going yes definitely so what do you advise our audience about silent night i would recommend if you like if you're not turned off by blood and shooting 
and of stylized violence, definitely go see it. We had a great time. We were the only ones in the theater, of course. And, yeah. <laughs> and we hooted and hollered and everything. I mean, it, it certainly kept us awake. It doesn't promise to be like a diehard no. that comes back all the time Yeah, by Christmas time. I don't think so. I'd be hard-pressed. It'd be interesting to see how they would do a sequel to this with the... Uh, Particularly two main characters, yeah, Joel yeah. Tenenbaum and uh, the police officer. Yeah, yeah. But if you're looking for a feel-good in the tradition of it's a wonderful life Christmas movie, don't see it. You know, <laughs> it once again it ranks up there. We talked about revenge movies and the holiday theme, and of course, recently we reviewed Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. Which yes, also right. was a revenge movie. <laughs> and, but more of the scream genre than like the Halloween type uh, movies yes, and yes, stuff right. like that. I would say see it. It'd be a good companion piece to see because this did not have a lot of humor involved in it. But one that did have, it was called Violent Night with David Harbour playing Santa Claus, who then <laughs> takes out a bunch of bad guys too. Silent night, holy night. <laughs>